What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Your NBC Sports Radio update starts now. A day for walk-offs. I'm Pete Fox. First in Pittsburgh, the Pirates and Padres played extra baseball. Then in the 11th inning, the Padres took a 10-7 lead in the bottom half. The Pirates would answer and win it in less than heroic fashion. Base is loaded. Tie game, 11th inning. 3-2 pitch. And it's up high, Bohor. It's a walk-off walk. Unbelievable. Newman walks, and the Pirates walk-off winners in 11 innings. Bases low. Then in L.A. at Dodger Stadium, a game that was tight throughout the day. The Rockies led early 2-0. The Dodgers would grab a 3-2 lead on a Chris Taylor home run. The, the Rockies would answer. But then in the bottom of the ninth, Colorado decided to rock walk Russell Martin to get to the rookie Will Smith. And he's hitting 306 in Oklahoma City, and he pops it up into center field. Now drifting on back. That's more of a pop-up. That's a walk-off home run. The ball kept carrying and carrying, and Smith hits it out. And the Dodgers win again on a walk-off home run. This time it's Will Smith. Dodgers won all three games in that series by walk-off for their 11th consecutive victory against the Rockies. In New York at Yankee Stadium, the Astros halted a seven-game slide of their own, handing the Yankees a 9-4 loss, which snapped an eight-game winning streak for New York. Justin Verlander got the win. He's now 10-3 with a 2.67 ERA. Brewers beat the Reds 7-5. Royals a 6-1 win over the Twins. And the Cubs hand the Mets a 5-3 loss. From the day on the pitch, Women's World Cup action, France, a 2-1 win over Brazil. I'm Pete Fox, NBC Sports Radio. KCAA Loma Linda, 1050 AM, 106.5 FM, and now 102.3 FM. How you doing? This is Gary Garver. In today's society, the majority of people are not getting enough sleep. I know I'm not. If you're like me and having problems getting a good night's rest, whether it's health or stress related, I have a solution for you. South Pacific Sleep Lab. South Pacific Sleep Lab will do an evaluation of your sleep pattern and will provide a comprehensive study so you can start getting a restful, peaceful night of sleep. They take all types of insurance, which will cover your cost of the evaluation, and they will even provide transportation to their offices at no cost to you. For more information, contact Tony at 310-999-1887. That's 310-999-1887. Tony even stays awake all night, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 
so you can sleep better and rest easy. South Pacific Sleep Lab, start feeling better and getting a great night of sleep today. With 60 years of fascinating facts, this is The Man From Yesterday. This time in 1969, looks like the Winstons are going to have a huge hit with Color Him Father. I've got to color him father. I think I'll color this man love. And from this time in 1964, Jim Backus has a busy TV season starting this fall. NBC has scheduled the famous adventures of Mr. Magoo, of which he does the voice. Turn the channel to CBS and you're going to find him co-starring in a new series, Gilligan's Island. And Magoo's your name, Quincy Magoo. And from this time in 1975, Chicago's finally back to getting a rockin' hit sound. Old Days is their first rockin' hit since feeling stronger every day, exactly two years ago. The drumming on this song is out of sight. With more at manfromyesterday.com. Hi, I'm Phil Grant Phil'sGang.com. If you want the truth, then tune in my show every weekday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time. Or you can listen to this fantasy. Wow. Low unemployment, high jobs, high wages, big consumer confidence, major productivity, and no inflation. No inflation? What are you nuts? Stocks up 357%. Gasoline's up 46% alone since December. How about medical? Up 8%. College up 8%. Movie tickets with soda, popcorn, up 15%. Low unemployment? Not true. The 3.9% is fake. It's really 11% because of the 15 million discouraged workers they do not add in. Look, this is just some of it. High wages, that's a joke. It's 1.2%, not 3%. When you look at the withholding tax, where the truth is, join my gang, philsgang.com, and get the truth. For more information, go to philsgang.com or give us a call at 877-600-GANG. 877-600-4264. 877-600-4264. Talk 102.3 FM, Riverside, KCAA, NBCRadioNews.com. The following program is produced by the AM First Radio Network and distributed by Global American Broadcasting, the GAB Radio Network. Thank you for tuning in for this edition of Justice Watch with Attorney Zulu Ali. I am Attorney Zulu Ali with the Justice Watch crew, Rosa Nunez, Michael Bilal Clark, Dr. Akil Bashir, and Jennifer Ponce. This week, like every week, we'll be addressing critical legal and social justice issues affecting our communities. This week, we'll be talking about the continuing reparations debate and the Central Park Five. First of all, I think that we're going to address the issue of the Central Park Five, which I believe was has been in the news recently. Uh, I think a lot of it had to do with the most recent. There's a isn't there a uh, a Netflix film? Mm-hmm. 
about the issue? Yeah. Yes. Did you have you watched that? I haven't seen it, but a lot of my colleagues and coworkers. So it's been a huge topic of conversation around our office right. lately. Yeah. What about you? Have you saw it? Yeah, I had the opportunity to, to look at it. Yes. So it's on Netflix. What is it called? Um, what was it? They uh, what was that movie? <laughs> um, I forget the name of that movie. Um, how long? And it's it's available on Netflix. And how long is it? Do we know? Is it um, a, it's a it's a, a four part series. Mm-hmm. Okay. So yeah, it's a four part series. Is it a documentary or is it a a, a, a remake? Oh, yeah, a it's a docu series. Yes. And so they actually talk to the actual individuals who were involved in the mm-hmm. incident. Yes. And, and trace it. Yes. So yeah, so what I understand, I mean, what's what's interesting, at least for me, about the Central Park Five, at least for for what I re- I remember about, it, I think it happened, if I'm not mistaken, in 1989, and it was an issue where they had these. Initially, it was six young men that were accused of attacking some uh, joggers in uh, uh, in Central Park in New York City, and ultimately, these six young men were actually uh, taken into police custody, and I think mm-hmm. on several different occasions there were individuals that were um there were even confessions if i'm not mistaken mm-hmm. i know that there was at least one of the youths from my understanding that was taken into the room and basically they lied to him and said that they found his fingerprints mm-hmm. and he had actually heard uh in the next room one of the other uh young men that were actually being assaulted or beat by the police mm-hmm. and that yeah. made them actually ultimately confess to uh something that they did not do uh, and I think, if I'm not mistaken, I knew that there were six joggers originally. I don't know if there was one that actually took a plea deal. And then you had, not joggers, but six uh, individuals of the young men that were charged. One of them, actually, if I'm not mistaken, took an actual plea deal. Yeah. And the other five was actually, you know, ended up going. And I, mm-hmm. I think recently I knew that there was, uh, once there, the, there was an individual, his name, in, 19, in 2001, his name was, Matthias Reyes, who was a convicted murderer and serial mm-hmm. rapist, who actually um, admitted to actually committing the crimes, doing them alone. Uh, I think that the statute of limitations has run out, if I'm not mistaken, so I don't think he was actually mm-hmm. ultimately convicted of it. But he did. Uh, and then they, they did a DNA sample and found that his DNA yeah. matched the DNA of, of, exactly. of the individuals, uh, at least the, the rape that, mm-hmm. was, that was committed. Uh, and then obviously they were vindicated. They vacated the conviction. There were lawsuits that were filed. Five of the men sued the city, I think, and uh, uh, they settled in 2014 for $41 million. They also sued New York, New York State, which settled for $3.9 million, right? Yeah. So, I mean, you know, which is, you know, you figure from 1989 until, you know, uh, they were ultimately uh, vindicated, I believe, in 2002 and that's a significant amount of time but it's not unusual i mean we see this happen all the time mm-hmm. where you know through the innocence projects and other other pl- other programs or other uh advocacy groups where they end up getting you know vindicated mm-hmm. after serving a significant amount of time you know in prison uh it's really and i always say this on this show i think that a lot of times you know, the criminal justice system is kind of a surprise to a lot of people who are not really familiar with the way that it often operates. Mm-hmm. Because oftentimes there are individuals who believe that, you know, if I did not do something, then basically nothing is going to happen to me. I have really nothing to fear. Mm-hmm. However, that's not really the way that the criminal justice system works. 
even when we talk about once you get in, they, they bring you in and, and, and actually, you know, put you in front of a jury, then it's about, it's theater, mm-hmm. right? So in other words, it's, it's optics. It's, it's how a jury, the jury makeup and how they're going to perceive you. And so you figure that the majority of the people in this country, and not majority, but I, I would say that the majority of certain people in this country believe that there's nothing wrong with the, with the, with the justice system. They mm-hmm. think that basically if you're being charged and you're sitting at counsel's table and you are a defendant, then generally they're going to believe that you did something. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And so the, the, the way that it is is that the cards are stacked against you. It's, it's, it's really an environment that... Once you're you're charged with something, the 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 game, so to speak, is about trying to make sure that the you know that it's all stacked against you. Mm-hmm. You know, so there's all the, it's about plea deals. Mm-hmm. You know, so they overcharge you, uh, and then try to convince you at some point in time to take a deal. Mm-hmm. Right, that's the way. That's the system is made that way. Yeah. it's mm-hmm. not really made. Uh, you know, you would read the Constitution and you would think that it's really heavily weighed towards a defendant and it's innocent until proven guilty. But mm-hmm. the reality of it in many ways is that you, you're fighting for your freedom, whether you're, you're innocent or, or guilty. It, it doesn't matter. Exactly. I mean, that's the way that the cards are stacked against you. And I think that the Central Park Five just happens to be one situation where they were lucky enough to have an individual who, after all these years... <laughs> admitted to that to committing the crime so yeah. i mean that doesn't happen all the time no. most of the time it doesn't happen yeah you know so i think that it's just a, it, it's really a uh a a great example of really what we're dealing with when it comes to you know dealing with our justice system mm-hmm. well yeah. and also i think it's a really good eye opener just as you mentioned too because unless you've actually been in that position you have no idea that this is actually an issue and that's right. the way it works like these young men were not only questioned interrogated they were for hours on end mm. and without parents and yeah. i mean they were being bombarded so at this point it's like they don't know they're right. scared they're desperate and unless you've actually been there you yeah. know you you don't know right yeah and i think when you when you look at it and, and the name of the movie was uh when they see us mm. that, mm-hmm. that was the name of it and when you look at the i'm telling you when it, you know the criminal just i mean it's, it's extremely you know diabolical when it comes to you know trying to because you know there's the interest is it's, it's just like the system and once you get into this system then basically you know anything that any time that you you have to realize that probably you know eight to ten percent of cases go to trial and mm-hmm. the, ma- the majority of them are actually plea bargain and so the reason, so anytime you're, you're, you take a position where you're trying to uh, fight for something, then really then it, 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 that it's not made that way. Mm-hmm. It's really made, when you figure that over 90% of the cases are pled, that means that that's the way that the system is, is made. It's made for you to come in, get charged with something, you know, take responsibility, uh, and, you know, get some time. Yeah. You know, and plead, you know, get you the best deal that you possibly can, yeah. whether you're you did something or not. Mm-hmm. And I think that what's what's an eye opener for for many people is that, you know, it really doesn't matter once you're in the system, whether you did it or not. 
Mm-hmm. You know, it's all about whether you can prove your innocence and how strong mm-hmm. of a case yeah. that the district attorney has against you. Yeah. And oftentimes it's just a matter of, you know, it could be mistaken identity. It mm-hmm. could be a false confession. It could be so many different things. But I think that, you know, for and, and, and you know what I think that, um, you know, do most people know what's going on? I mean, do, is mm-hmm. it only people in certain communities? Do you believe that it, that it's the majority of you know, uh, the majority of America, I mean, you know, what's the deal? I mean, why is it that everybody doesn't, don't know what's going on? Why is it only obvious to certain groups? I think it's those groups who, who, like I said, have experienced it. To them, it's obvious. Or for us who work with victims of crime, it's it's mm-hmm. obvious. And I think what's also scary is the fact that they already have their mind made up in a lot of these cases. But mm-hmm. what about the actual person who committed the crime? Like, this guy happened to be incarcerated. But mm-hmm. what about the person on the loose? So are they really doing anything to protect the public when they are, you know, getting these people just on bias and on prejudice? Like, yeah. you know, what does that mean, too, for public safety? Mm-hmm. And I think... Um, you, you have to, I'm telling you, I don't want to spoil the, the episode for anyone, but, you know, I think, I think, it's, I think people should to, to watch this movie. I think people should see it because it opens their eyes and actually goes in, you know, in depth into yeah. the criminal justice system and stuff like that and actually shows how politics and money actually rules a lot that goes on in the courtroom. I think the question is basically who are we talking to? I think mm-hmm. the people who are going to understand it are people who already understand it. Yeah. And I think definitely. that the people who basically don't really care, they're not, you know, but we'll talk about that because I think that's, that's you know, how do we move on and how do we deal with this injustice? Yeah. And we'll talk about that on the other side of the break. Do you have a great idea for a radio show but have no idea where to start? Or have you been hosting a podcast for a while and want to take it to the next level? If so, you need the Gab Radio Network. To host a show on the Gab Radio Network, all you need is your voice, and we'll handle the rest. From technical engineering to full-service audio production and much more. Every show on the Gab Radio Network can be heard on our station on the TuneIn Radio app. Plus, we put all of our shows on our satellite, which is accessed by over 5,500 stations. And here's the best part. You can host from anywhere you want. There are many means to connect to the Gab Radio Network remotely, and our staff of highly trained engineers and producers will make you sound like you're right here in studio. So, if you want to be on the Gab Radio Network, the same network that hosts the Small Business Advocate, Radio MD, and The Federalist, send an email right now to sales at gabradionetwork.com. That's sales at gabradionetwork.com. Nubian Pictures presents a CCM Films production documentary entitled Purpose and Freedom, Keep Your Hand on the Plow. This emotional and strong documentary tells the story of African-American lawyer Zulu Ali seeking justice and his purpose as a lawyer while crossing paths with Araceli, an undocumented immigrant from Mexico who is seeking her freedom. Together, they help discover their purpose and freedom in each other. Watch this incredible film today from iTunes Movies, YouTube Movies, Amazon Prime, and Google Play Movies. Learn about the cast and crew, links to purchase, and more at PurposeAndFreedomMovie.com. Purpose and Freedom. Keep your hand on the plow. Available now. 
rated G. I did not feel safe. That's why I decided to come to California because I didn't feel safe in Mexico. It's kind of like the system, and if you go outside the system, then it becomes a struggle. Are you an immigrant seeking defense representation and are looking to protect your rights? Or maybe someone who is experiencing an injustice or discrimination and need a lawyer you can trust? Well, that's exactly why you need the help of award-winning trial lawyer Zulu Ali. The law offices of Zulu Ali provides immigration defense representation for those seeking justice and looking to protect their rights. If you or a loved one needs professional legal advice and representation, then contact Zulu Ali. Zulu Ali's firm focuses on criminal law, family law, civil and personal injury, and international law. Zulu Ali is a former police officer and U.S. Marine, so you know you're in good hands. Serving all of California and immigration cases nationwide, representing victims and suspects at the International Criminal Court at The Hague. Call Zulu Ali today at 888-682-3049 or visit ZuluAliLaw.com. Welcome back to Justice Watch with attorney Zulu Ali and the Justice Watch crew where we're continuing with our discussion on the reparations debate and the Central Park Five. Actually, before we went to the break, we were talking a little bit about the Central Park Five and I know that it, that you know there was some discussion about the the most recent docu series that was on regarding what was the name again? Oh, when they see us. When they see us, which is on Netflix, which talks about it's a four part four part series. Yes. Regarding the incident of the Central Park Five, which were five young men uh, in New York City back in 1989 that were falsely accused and ultimately just did have a significant amount of individuals that really don't care whether the justice system is fair or not. I mean, we've just become almost uh, immune, I guess mm -hmm. I should say. Is that the right word? Yeah. yeah. To understanding mm -hmm. the scene. Because, I mean, it, this, is, this is years and years and years. It's not the first time that we've heard of it. Mm -hmm. It's an ongoing debate, and it's not something that people have heard for the first time. So there's no reason, you know, even those individuals who come out and say, hey, you know, uh, the last time I think that we did a show on or actually maybe it was one of our stop and frisk uh, workshops where we had, you know, with the youth where we got a lot of comments by individuals who were saying, well, all you have to do is do what the police do, mm -hmm. uh, police tell you yeah. to do and follow the law and you'll be okay. Mm -hmm. The reality of it is, is that we've seen, if you know, it's almost like we talk about a series is that we were seeing and we'd see videos, new videos on a daily basis of incidents where police abuse their power. Exactly. And in light of the fact that it happens so often and there's nothing, at least from a significant perspective, that is done about it, then we have to say, well, you know, wh why is it? Why can something like that continue to exist and that someone, we have the ability to, you know, if to, to, it could come to a halt. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And it really could. People say, well, you know, it, t it, it depends on who it affects uh, as to why it, uh, uh, the time limit that it takes to address an issue, exactly. right? So, in other words, there could easily be a federal, uh, you know, uh, inquiry into all these uh, law enforcement agencies, and you know, the the policy of the of the highest offices could 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 curtail the 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 number of incidents that take place. Mm -hmm. So, in other words. You know, oftentimes the attitude of the administration uh, dictates policy. Mm -hmm. And if all of a sudden you have the highest office saying that this is a crisis, we need to do something about it, we need it to stop right now, 
then it, you, you would see a change. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But because there's a silence uh, and, and people ignore it and people always come up with this thing about I support law enforcement or I support, you know, it's always black and white. It's either if you, if you acknowledge that there is this corruption, then you, you have an issue with law enforcement mm-hmm. and vice versa. So that's kind of the way we have always been a country that cannot walk and chew gum at the same time. I mm-hmm. mean, we just have that kind of, of, of you know, mentality mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. as a society. So, you know, my thing is that I believe that, you know, the reason we have to take a different approach. I think that we cannot depend on uh, our officials to necessarily do anything about the problem that exists in our society because they're not going to do, you know, nothing that has been done. You know, mm-hmm. we're, we're talking about decades. Yeah. So I think the question is, you know, what can we, we you, know, you know, do as a community? And I always say the best thing that we can do as a community is instead of trying to, you know, as my grandfather used to say, is that you don't bring your own stick to the fight. You take the stick away from them and you beat them with their own stick. Mm-hmm. And my thing is I believe that, you know, I've always wanted to, you know, I think that, again, the jury system. Yeah. You know, I think that we should make it, we should demand that if our young men and our women are on trial, that people from our community should be the ones who are actually on those jury pools mm-hmm. and make those decisions. As long as those individuals are making those decisions about our lives, then you don't have a chance. Yeah, yeah. No, you're yeah. absolutely right. And I think, I, I think you're right on point. I mean, we've been discussing this for quite some time about the jury pool and stuff like that. And I think that's the key to everything. Because I think when individuals go out, and especially police officers, if they feel that they can get away with something because they're going to be sitting in front of a jury of their righteous peers, then... Here, I'm, I'm, I really, you know, again, I mean, you know, you, you, you hear consistently the remarks that we have from individuals with regards to how we're dealing with our justice system and what do we do to, to, to change it. And again, I've told people, I mean, you have to rally in your own communities and, mm-hmm. and you have to go after your jury commissioners or whoever is responsible for calling out uh, these jury pools mm-hmm. and, fig- and making sure that if you're, you know, that's not your peers. Mm-hmm. You know, you want your peers, those individuals who you have to have. I mean, the, your experience, America, we live in more than one America. America is not the same mm-hmm. for everybody. Your experiences dictate who you really are. And oftentimes, the way that you see a case, the way you see, you know, your common sense, because... You know, they'll tell you in trial, do not leave your common sense at the door. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, that is your common sense is is basically something that's born of your own experiences. Mm-hmm. What's common sense for, my, for me is not the same as somebody else with different experiences. Mm-hmm. And now, you know, putting myself in a situation where someone has to, you know, um, put themselves into my world. You know, my narrative is different than somebody else's and understanding why you would do certain things. So, you you know, there's there's this thing called circumstantial evidence. Mm-hmm. And circumstantial evidence is based upon, you know, if you see a certain situation, how would a particular individual respond? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, that is very subjective. You know, mm-hmm. there is no objective. There is no, when you talk about the issue of reasonableness, reasonableness for someone, you know, in Watts or South Central Los What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission. 
At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Angeles is completely different than somebody potentially mm-hmm. in Bakersfield. Exactly. You know, depending on what community you're from, has you know, it's huge. And so just because someone has a different experiences and see things differently than you, they could come to a different conclusion. Exactly. They could just say, hey, you know what? If he didn't do it, why was he walking down the street with a hood over his head at that time of night? Mm-hmm. Well, I, you know, I might be from the community and say, hey, you know, we walk that way all the time. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? So... You know, the same way when they talk about gang violence. You know, for some people who are not familiar with gang violence, you could throw anything in front of them. Mm-hmm. You know, they you know they can say, you know, on his Facebook play, page, there's a, a, a Duke, uh, was it Blue Devil? Yeah, mm-hmm. Blue Devil. Yeah. And so since he had a Blue Devil, Blue means Crip, so he was a Crip. Uh, yeah, exactly. For, you know, there are some people that would buy that. Exactly. Yeah. You see yes. what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So it, it changed it. But at any rate, we'll we'll uh, continue a little bit with this discussion, and we'll go right into the issue of repara- the reparations debate on the other side of the break. There's a new nationally syndicated radio program that's sweeping the nation, and you don't want to miss it. Justice Watch with attorney Zulu Ali, the voice of justice for the people. The focus of Justice Watch is to provide an honest analysis and viable solutions to the criminal and social justice crisis in America and the world from a black, brown, working class, and socially disadvantaged perspective, and to motivate listeners to be informed and part of the solution. Zulu Ali is joined by the Justice Crew, consisting of Rosa Nunez, Michael Clark, Dr. Akil Bashir, and Charito Ali to tackle the most pressing issues. Host attorney Zulu Ali is a former police officer, U.S. Marine Corps veteran, and an award-winning trial lawyer who focuses on representing persons accused of crimes, immigrants, victims of discrimination, and persons seeking civil justice. Find out how to listen to Justice Watch with attorney Zulu Ali at justicewatchradio.com. Nubian Pictures presents a CCM Films production documentary entitled Purpose and Freedom. Keep your hand on the plow. This emotional and strong documentary tells the story of African-American lawyer Zulu Ali seeking justice and his purpose as a lawyer while crossing paths with Araceli, an undocumented immigrant from Mexico who is seeking her freedom. Together, they help discover their purpose and freedom in each other. Watch this incredible film today from iTunes Movies, YouTube Movies, Amazon Prime, and Google Play Movies. Learn about the cast and crew, links to purchase, and more at PurposeAndFreedomMovie.com. Purpose and Freedom. 
keep your hand on the plow. Available now, rated G. I did not feel safe. That's why I decided to come to California because I didn't feel safe in Mexico. Welcome back to Justice Watch with Attorney Zulu Wali and the, and the Justice Watch crew. We're continuing with our discussion on the reparations debate in Central Park 5. We're getting ready to, to, before we start talking about the reparations debate, one of the things I wanted to talk about as far as the jury system is, you know, I think that the the gravity of it can only be understood by someone who's accused of doing something. I think that if you, you know, I wish that there was some way that we could actually take the even the jurors themselves and put them in a defendant seat mm -hmm. and see what would happen. If you believe in the system that much, would you be willing to risk your life and be accused of something and put it in the hands of a jury of 12 mm -hmm. people that you do not know who come in with those with with biases? I mean, I'm just amazed at, you know, you know, we live in a society where we tend to rush to judgment. Mm -hmm. And that meaning that most of us in our society were taught, you know, to basically to 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 basically, you know, we're very racist society. We're very, you know, we're so society that we believe that we can deduce how a person would act and what they would do in a particular situation based upon you know, whatever they, they feed you, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? So in other words, the hardest thing to get people to understand is that everybody does not act the way that you do. Okay. And we always feel like we're, we're smart enough to determine how people should act. And, you know, you're in a situation, you shouldn't do this. I mean, we're a very judgmental society. Mm -hmm. And much of it is because we're a society that's based upon, you know, that type of prejudice, that type of, you know, uh, tending to judge individuals or, or cast judgment on individuals. And based upon that judgment, even, you know, we, we feel like we can deduce to deduce whether somebody committed a criminal act or not. Mm. You know, it's, it's really, it, it, it's really insane. And I think that people don't understand how crazy it is, but, but at any rate, we did talk about we definitely need to do, do something about the jury. I'm going to say it five times. <laughs> jury, jury system, jury system, jury system, jury system, jury system. Typically, people are, are called to jury duty by their DMV records or voter registration, I think, is a, is a big – is one of the reasons, the main things that they say that they utilize. Mm -hmm. And if you go to the jury system, jury pool, for example uh, – and let's just say there, as we talked on at the break, say there's 80 individuals, eight of them might be from your community. But mm -hmm. just because you're called does not mean that you get into the box. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And then once you get into the box, then, you know, uh, then there's all kinds of things that they can use to exclude you. They're mm -hmm. not supposed to use race, but I can assure you that does have an impact mm -hmm. on, mm -hmm. on a person's decision as to whether they're going to keep you on a jury or not. Yeah. And, I guess the next thing that we're going to talk about is the, what about that forty-one million dollars that they received? Is that enough for what they had to deal with? Is that does that settle the the matter? No, I don't. I don't think so. I think that individually they probably should have received forty-one million each. Yeah. yeah. You know. Well, any amount of money. Do you think that your time and your life is really worth that? I mean, that's such a huge violation just of. 
who you are and your human experience in this world. So, I mean, is there any dollar amount that you can add to that that's going to make it okay? No, not at that age. Not at the age of 14 and 15 years old when you just begin to develop. And and here it is, you just snatch all of that completely away from me and just throw me in a system. And I have to grow up being exposed to stuff that I shouldn't be exposed to at that age. So I think that there's no amount of money that can, you know, amount up to what they had to go through, especially a couple of the individuals. Not saying that... Um, not saying that that's, some of them receive better treatment or nothing like that, yeah. but, you know, some of them, man, the, the, the torture and stuff that they had to go through was, you know, man, horrendous. Extensive. Yeah. I agree. Maybe that amount for each one of them. <laughs> Is there any amount? I don't know. No. I mean, there's no amount of money that you can actually, you know, compensate someone from for that type of, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's unmeasurable, mm-hmm. you know, um, but, you know, there, is there any other way to compensate them for what for what happened to them? And, and then this is another thing is that knowing that you have these individuals that have spent this kind of money, I mean, spent this kind of time in in prison, you know, how who you know, why isn't there a big outcry about that injustice? Right. I mean, you don't hear anything. You don't hear. I I mean, how many politicians? uh, There was a few that came out and talked about the injustice, but very little, you know, Mm -hmm. and I think it's because of the optics is who they are, Mm -hmm. which I think is 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 the unfortunate. But when we talk about money now, let's talk about reparations. Mm -hmm. Right. So I guess the first question is, I mean, you know, uh, what is reparations? What do you th- what 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 do you think reparations is? Something very similar to what they did for them. There's an injustice, or there's mm-hmm. something that happened, and then the government says, "Well, here we're going to give you this amount of money, or we're going to give you land and resources to make up for what we just did." Exactly. I think compensation. Yeah, I think exactly compensation for injustice that have been done to you. Um, and I think that um, once again, no amount of money can do it. But I think no lights slaves for you and make them do all of these things, and they was free all along. You enslaved them. You imprisoned them unjustly. And so, therefore, they should be compensated for such. And also, well, I also look at when you mentioned, like, Natives and Native Americans, even the reparations that were made for them and giving them this this land that's now designated as their tribal land or whatever, a lot of it is land that someone wouldn't even want. So are they ever even adequate? If you think mm-hmm. about it that way, have they ever given something that's been adequate for the injustice that happened? Mm-hmm. Well, let's just go. Okay, let's, let's let's break apart this whole thing about the reparations. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm going to play devil's advocate. I was going <laughs> to wait to the end, but I'm going to play devil's <laughs> advocate earlier. Now, one of the arguments that we're going to have with regards to uh, the difference between the Central Park Five and the reparations is that those uh, the first argument that everyone brings about is the fact that you know um, there's nobody the 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 direct victims and mm-hmm. I'm using that word with I'm using air quotes for people on your own radio the the direct victims do not are no longer around mm-hmm. so if the direct victims are no longer around is it can we compensate is it is it proper and fair to compensate when those direct victims are not and again i'm devil's advocate Mm -hmm. but answer that question it's a really good question if you look at generationally they've offered some type of public benefit like again going back to natives but i want that's tricky this is what i would ask too and i don't know if this is a little bit controversial but 
did slavery actually really end? Because if you look at, have you ever seen the 13th on Netflix? That mm-hmm. talks about how it never really ended. It just shifted because now it shifted from that to incarceration. Yeah, I, I think I think that it is a good argument. I mean, you know, you play a devil advocate, but I mean, when you look at it, we're still directly affected by what happened in slavery, whether people mm-hmm. say it or not. Mm-hmm. It, you know, it continues to go on, whether it transcends down to us and we're still dealing with a lot of the injustices and, you know, uh, just a lot of the things that we have to go through daily, you know, I think it still affects us, you know, as a people in a whole that actually had great grandmothers and great great grandfathers that were slaves. So I think, you know, um, the argument argument can be made, but I think the reparation should still be granted. Like you spoke about the individual that was 12 year old that was executed, you know, yeah. he was executed, and now they come back and they they exonerate him after all these years. Well, I think that his parents or whoever it is, whoever it is that's still living, they should be compensated for for, for, for the such exactly. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that one of the things that we talked about the 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 issue about whether there's. Uh, you're, when you're trying to make someone whole again, as far as restitution is concerned, I think that the argument can be made that again it hasn't ended, but the the descendants, for example, it's like a wrongful death lawsuit. Mm-hmm. The you know whenever there's a wrongful death, I mean obviously there's no compensation that's going to go directly to the individual who died. However, their uh, family is entitled to compensation. The estate of that individual mm-hmm. is entitled to compensation. So I think that basically we have long in this country recognized the right of descendants or the survivors of victims have oftentimes are entitled to get compensation mm-hmm. for, you know, their uh, their their family who have been victimized. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, we should be but we should be entitled to it from that perspective. But also when you talk about the it didn't if it ended with slavery it, that would be a different argument, but I think the what makes that argument less credible is the fact that it never ended with mm-hmm. slavery, mm-hmm. because after slavery there were other ways in which they were enslaved. Whether you're talking about the convict lease system, whether you're talking about many other different, you know, the the, the years of being mistreated, denied equal access, equal pay. I mean, there's so many different ways that we can go about it. There would be, I think, a legal justification for individuals who are descendants of those individuals to be able to be compensated mm-hmm. because they were never compensated for their labor. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you can maintain a suit on behalf of someone who's passed away as long as a person, as long as you, you can establish the, a legitimate relationship to that individual. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway, we'll, we'll continue our discussion on the other side of the break. There's a new nationally syndicated radio program that's sweeping the nation, and you don't want to miss it. Justice Watch with attorney Zulu Ali, the voice of justice for the people. The focus of Justice Watch is to provide an honest analysis and viable solutions to the criminal and social justice crisis in America and the world from a black, brown, working class, and socially disadvantaged perspective, and to motivate listeners to be informed and part of the solution. Zulu Ali is joined by the Justice Crew, consisting of Rosa Nunez, Michael Clark, Dr. Akil Bashir, and Charito Ali to tackle the most pressing issues. 
Post attorney Zulu Ali is a former police officer, U.S. Marine Corps veteran, and an award-winning trial lawyer who focuses on representing persons accused of crimes, immigrants, victims of discrimination, and persons seeking civil justice. Find out how to listen to Justice Watch with attorney Zulu Ali at justicewatchradio.com. Nubian Pictures presents a CCM Films production documentary entitled Purpose and Freedom. Keep your hand on the plow. This emotional and strong documentary tells the story of African-American lawyer Zulu Ali seeking justice and his purpose as a lawyer while crossing paths with Araceli, an undocumented immigrant from Mexico who is seeking her freedom. Together, they help discover their purpose and freedom in each other. Watch this incredible film today from iTunes Movies, YouTube Movies, Amazon Prime, and Google Play Movies. Learn about the cast and crew, links to purchase, and more at PurposeAndFreedomMovie.com. Purpose and Freedom. Keep your hand on the plow. Available now. Rated G. I did not feel safe. That's why I decided to come to California, because I didn't feel safe in Mexico. It's kind of like the system, and if you go outside the system, then it becomes a struggle. Are you an immigrant seeking defense representation and are looking to protect your rights? Or maybe someone who is experiencing an injustice or discrimination? Yeah, I think before, the first question that we were discussing with regards to the reparations was, uh, you know, is there a legal justification for reparations at this point if there is no, if at least arguably, of course, we were doing the devil's advocate because these are some of the questions that we received uh, you know, prior to the show that is against the reparations. And one of the questions that we received and one that we often hear is, how do you compensate individuals who were not directly affected by slavery? And I guess that's kind of like, a, it could be a misnomer when you talk about directly. I mean, were you a slave and those individuals who were clearly affected by it are obviously the African-Americans throughout history because of what happened to the ancestors uh, our ancestors, you know, we are directly affected. I think that the, the case can be made as we go through the, not necessarily the, just the slavery itself, but what has happened since slavery when we go mm. to the issue of the convict lease system, when we go to the whole idea of Jim Crow, you know, all these things that although there was so much contribution, and I think there was a number that people talked about with regards to uh, the number, how much money this society contributed from the slave uh, slave labor. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you're talking in the numbers of billions today. Mm -hmm. And so the question is, I don't think the question is, should we, uh, who may have not necessarily been a slave, but the, the descendants of slavery, you know, I think that those who can, who actually benefited from it, Right. So if you're going to benefit from mm -hmm. it, then you need to pay. Mm -hmm. exactly. You know, nothing, yeah. nothing is free. So that, then the question goes back is that why don't we I, I would be willing to, you know, uh, let go of this whole reparations debate. If you're if you're willing to let go of any benefits that you received from the, the, the slave labor. Exactly. America became the most powerful nation in the world, basically because of unpurchased land and uncompensated labor. Mm -hmm. If you're willing to let go of any of those benefits, then hey, you know, I, let, let's let's you know, let's just call it like it is. You mm -hmm. can't benefit from something and not, you know, 
be held to have to pay for it. I mean, there, there's a cost for that, yeah. you know. And so, you know, you definitely benefited from, from the exactly. labor. So I think that there has to be some sort of set off. That's the first question. The next question is going to be how do we compensate? Who, who do we know? How, you know, we can say, you know, now I was listening to a show the other day where this guy called in. I think he was really a troll. And he says, you know, I found out I was 3% African-American. And based upon, he said, I had no idea that I had any African in me, mm-hmm. you know, and now I've changed my mind. I think wow. I now believe in it. And, and I think he was just trying yeah. to incite you. Now I think I should get, get some money. Mm-hmm. So how do we determine who gets the money? Good question. Good question. Because everybody's going to be black after they start getting out the money. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but uh, huh? good, good question. But I want to go huh? back to what Even you said. Even Joe's going to be black after he <laughs> get out the money. I think it depends on where, who suffered the injustice, and that's how they'd have to determine, too. Because if generationally, if you look at, like, even trauma, there's generational mm-hmm. trauma where those bonds, unless somebody breaks it, yeah. the affect is still there. Yeah, but I think with the Native Americans, I believe that they did according to the percentage that you had in your blood or something mm-hmm. like that. And, you know, and how many generations down, so forth and so on. But um, but I, I want to just really quickly go back to what you were saying, because I, there's a lot of companies that still exist to this day that has benefited that without slave labor they wouldn't be the companies that they are today mm-hmm. let alone america in general mm-hmm. so um yeah so that, that how, how do we get it though i mean how do we i mean i know you know my for example my family i mean i know specifically names of individuals who were slaves you know because i'm i was born and raised in the south and I, i've mm-hmm. you know been able to, but a lot of us you know, what about those who, who immigrated to the United States from other places like Jamaica yeah. or Haiti or different places? I mean, do they get it, too? Wow. You know what yeah, I'm saying? I, I think do, do do people who identify themselves as African-American from Panama, do they get it? Yeah. They do? I believe so. Why? Because the simple fact is they're still coming through the same chain link. They will still suffer from it. They still suffer from it and still the injustice. How do we know? Well, what's interesting about that. I'm being devil's wait advocate. A minute, wait, wait a minute. I'm just being devil. I'm, well, I'm just saying that if your family came to the United States in 1985 uh-huh. from Jamaica, okay, right, you're telling me you deserve the same amount of money that I get? I don't think on that premise, no. But what I was going to say... But how, how do we know, though? Let's because if you take a DNA test, mm-hmm. I'm sure they're going to be a significant amount of their DNA is going to yeah. show that they're, they, they're from Africa. Africa. Yeah, they're well, from that's Africa. It's just yeah. like the difference. But the only difference is we got off on 8th Street yeah. and they got off I, on 3rd Street. Correct. Yeah. You're correct. But then the question is, you know, during the transatlantic slave trade, do those individuals who basically were... You know, put on the plantation in Cuba, uh-huh. right? Gotcha. Do they get? Are they going to be entitled to the same thing that you know that I get? That's a good question. That's what I was just going to say. The <laughs> slave trade was also in Central America, so but then we're not necessarily responsible for what happened, happened there. Yeah, That's what I was. Get, that was my comment because yeah. I. I'm not sure how that would work. Oh no, you Mr. got me Ali. thinking now. <laughs> I mean, cause, I mean, but that's 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 that's, that's real talk. I mean, we, no, we, yes. we have to figure out: do we just give individuals money? Do we put money in in inst- specific institutions? You know, what do we do in order to make sure that people are are you know properly? 
mm-hmm. compensated. Yeah. Then you're going to have individuals who are going to come up with people that may have never really, you know, because during the slave during the the slave trade, there was a lot of of uh, you know race mixing. Mm-hmm. There's some people that that pass for white that aren't black. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's some people who may their DNA could. You know, for whatever reason. I mean, so the the, the question is, you know, wh- then what inst- do we give? Do we give them the a- HBCUs? Do we, you know, uh, have certain set aside? I mean, what is it that we right. do in order to make sure that you're getting that compensation? How do? How is it proved? This would be my question. So, how do Native Americans who are native to the America to the United States? How do they prove lineage? Because if you think about it, Native Americans they span all the way from Canada. Down in Mexico, we have the Aztecs and the Mayans, but they're not necessarily able to access the benefit here. Even, say, for instance, like their family migrated more, and I'm, I'm Native American. How do they, they... They actually, in some cases, I know from the... from I mean, for example, in juvenile uh, the, uh, dependency court, uh-huh. that oftentimes they ask you, are you Native American? And they actually have records that somehow they're able to they maintain some sort mm-hmm. of census records or something yeah. and you are able to, you know, uh, there's some sort of direct way that they can do it. I'll have to research that, but I do know that when you go through juvenile dependency court, you're able to contact tribal, the tribe itself and inquire about it through the tribe and Got the it. tribe can respond and say yeah. you're a member of time. Uh, next week, same time, same place, same channel. And until mm-hmm. that time, stay blessed. <laughs> There's a new nationally syndicated radio program that's sweeping the nation, and you don't want to miss it. Justice Watch with attorney Zulu Ali, the voice of justice for the people. The focus of Justice Watch is to provide an honest analysis and viable solutions to the criminal and social justice crisis in America and the world from a black, brown, working class, and socially disadvantaged perspective, and to motivate listeners to be informed and part of the solution. Zulu Ali is joined by the Justice Crew, consisting of Rosa Nunez, Michael Clark, Dr. Akil Bashir, and Charito Ali to tackle the most pressing issues. Host attorney Zulu Ali is a former police officer, U.S. Marine Corps veteran, and an award-winning trial lawyer who focuses on representing persons accused of crimes, immigrants, victims of discrimination, and persons seeking civil justice. Find out how to listen to Justice Watch with attorney Zulu Ali at justicewatchradio.com. You're on board KCAA's Inland Talk Express. KCAA, Loma Linda, 1050 AM, the station that leaves no listener behind. Your NBC Sports Radio update starts now. Streaks ended in New York. I'm Pete Fox. Yankees' eight-game winning streak comes to an end after the Astros post a 9-4 win, ending a seven-game skid for them. Justin Verlander got the win, going seven. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation? where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission. At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground. 
cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.